Well, we have a special morning. Uh, we are going to have a short lesson on Keeper of the Home. And then I have three ladies who have bravely volunteered to share some things that they do at their home. Uh, Keeper of the Home is such an important part of the Titus II ministry because our homes are very important. Um, you know, God views the family and the home as a very important place. Uh, Albert Mueller, who I listened to for my daily dose of news from a Christian perspective, uh, has, uh, was talking this week about the family and just how important it is and how on the way out it is. You know, if we take away a mom and a dad and we take away the ability to have children and we dispose of the children that are coming, we're going to end up with no families and no culture and no country. So, um, and, you know, actually at the home with a mom and a dad is the place where our children learn who Jesus is. And we can't make them believers, but we can show them. We can walk it out and it is such an important place. And um, so, you know what, let me just start by reading Titus 2, not, not like y'all don't know it, but I wanted to point out something. Um, And just so the ladies know, we're going to start with, um, when it's time, Linda, and then Crystal, and then uh, Dee Dee. So just so you guys know where you fit in this morning. The other thing that you should know is, as I stand here teaching about Keeper of the Home, there are three piles of laundry on the guest bed unfolded. We hosted a party last night. There are piles of dishes on my sink. <laughs> so I'm not here to tell you I know how to do it all. There are just seasons, right? And uh, that's what that's my season right now. Um, let's see here. Titus 2, 3 through 5. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So this keeper of the home, and in my version here, what am I keep This is the New King James, it calls it homemakers. Um, because of the translation, keeper at home, uh, people tend to say, you know, um, are you a housewife? Are you, you know, it's, it's, it's not about being a housewife. I'm not married to my house. I'm, I'm a homemaker, right? My job as a woman is to be the feminine part of the home. And, uh, and it's not, this isn't the wimpy word. It's not a word of drudgery. So I'm really encouraging you to, I wanted to start with a little bit of a lesson just to get our head in the right space. So like Dee Dee said, we can be encouraged to be, to go home, to, to can't wait to get home, can't wait to do those things, can't wait to be parties. It's a privilege women to have we live in a free country where we can run our homes and we can, you know, come and go as we please and we can worship as we please and teach our children the word of God. It is truly, truly a pleasure to be a homemaker. When we look at uh, the meaning of the word, uh, it actually means to guard, to guard your home, to preserve your home, to be a watchdog over your home and a caretaker of your and ladies, that's a whole lot more than dishes and laundry. Though that's part of it. It's important. It's important to have an organized home and a well-kept home. Not a home, Phoenix home and garden. No. Living in our homes is messy, right? It's messy. 
but there needs to be an undergirding of purpose and of um, organization. And, you know, this may be a bad season, but it's going to get better. And I'm working on it kind of a, a thought here. Um, you know, and, and it's more than just, like I said, doing the basics. We're also talking about maybe managing, also manage, not maybe, we manage our homes, right? We have to manage our time. We have to manage our children's time. We have to be available for our husbands and doing the things that he requires because ladies, we are his help me, he is not ours, right? And working outside the home now is very common and sometimes necessary. We have people doing all kinds of things to try to um, establish their homes with a new younger generation. Some of them are living with parents longer, getting married and living at home longer. Um, you know, it's just hard. Sometimes they both decide to go into work is the way to make those ends meet. But if you can stay home, I encourage you to do it. If you get the privilege of staying home for however long, take it. Treasure it. Don't squander it. Um, and, you know, we are still keepers of our home, no matter what that looks like right now. And it looks like different things in different seasons. But that is our domain. That's what we're called to do. So that's our responsibility. And our husbands are not called to be keepers of the home. He, you may have a great husband who helps so much and thank the Lord, right? And he realizes that since you're sharing in the working duties, he needs to share in the keeping duties. But that does not make him keeper and that does not make us leader. We still have our roles that God has given us. And however you divide life in your family, that is none of my business. That is between you and your husband. So make sure that no matter what you think keeper of the home looks like, that that's what he requires. That's what he's looking for from you. I know things, sometimes I do things for my husband. I think, oh, he's going to be so happy. He didn't notice. You know, <laughs> but, if I, but then he's going to notice the fact that I, he had asked me to do something and I didn't get it done. Did you know any time? Don't you know, it's not, you know the doorknobs are shining? I mean, honestly. You know, so we need to be careful that we that we are serving him as we are called to do. You know, it's true, don't you? It's, you know, and I know, you know, I think I've told y'all one thing my husband hates is if I take the trash out and put it by the door. And I don't do that to make him take it out. I do that because I'm going to get to it. But if he comes home and I haven't gotten to it, it's really a hard thing for him to come home and see that, hey, you're just here to take out my trash, you know? So I try really try hard not to do that. Um, if I'm going to take it out, I go ahead, go ahead and get it out of the house. But what does your guy want? What does homemaker mean to him? Um, so there are all kinds of things. I was going to read you this one little, um, uh, it was a, um, a letter that came into Ann Landers. Is there anybody who doesn't know who Ann Landers was? I was thinking, some of you young ones. Julia, do you know Ann Landers? Do you know Ann Landers? Okay. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, <laughs> so well, <laughs> Ann Landers was a column, and I still think sometimes you can see her. You know, some, some of the papers will carry her, but Ann Landers was a um, advice giver in the paper for years and years and years and years. And people would write it. And I still, if I see it, I stop and read it. I don't know. What is that? That's a, that's a work thing. I don't know. What are your problems? And wonder how she's going to solve them for you. But she had pretty good advice, not biblical advice or anything. But this, but she was very common sense. And she ended up with a lot of relationship type questions. Okay. So um, this person wrote into her and into her column. And here's what she says. She, she says, here is my job description. I'm a housewife. I'm a wife a mother, a friend, a confidant, a 
personal advisor, a lover, a referee, a peacemaker, a housekeeper, laundress, chauffeur, interior decorator, gardener, painter, wallpaper, dog groomer, veterinarian, manicurist, barber, seamstress, appointment, appointment manager, I'm only halfway done, financial planner, <laughs> bookkeeper, money manager, personal secretary, teacher, disciplinary, entertainer, psychoanalyst, for sure, nurse, diagnos not diagnostician, probably too much with Google these days, public relations expert, dietitian, and nutritionist baker, nutritionist baker, chef, fashion coordinator, and left writer, letter writer for both sides of the family. I'm also a travel agent, a speech therapist, a plumber, an automobile maintenance and repair expert. And during the course of my day, I'm supposed to be cheerful and look radiant and jump in bed at a moment's notice. I figure it would take over $75,000 a year to replace me. Now that's, this letter I think is at least 10 years old, so we'll double that, 150,000. I tell you at least. It took time out of my busy day to write this letter, and because there are still ignorant people who believe that a housewife is nothing more than a babysitter who sits on her behind all day and lives in soap operas. Now, what do I get out of my job in the absence of a salary? Joy, happiness, hugs, kisses, smiles, love, self-respect, and pride in knowing that I've done a full day's work to ensure the physical and emotional well-being of those I love. Now, if you want to classify me as a house, just a housewife, go away. That's sweet. So very true. And, you know, ladies, I think, you know, mom, you know, there's not a lot of thank yous, not a lot of accolades. You don't get to go to work and get a promotion or a raise, right? But Jesus sees. Jesus knows. And it's what he asks and requires of us. So, um, and kind of going back to the definition a little bit in being a guard, um, I was thinking through some verses for this, and I thought, you know, one of the things that I can guard my children from is my crazy mind and my, and my sin. You know, I can guard my children with a sound mind. That's one of the best gifts I can give my children. Look at Ephesians 4. The whole, the whole part of the chapter is talking about the new man. You know, uh, it's talking about not grieving the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And how can you go wrong with that in your family, right? God even tells us, he, he doesn't leave us alone and tell us to figure it out. He tells us, this is what I expect of you. And I'm not asking you to do it all. I'm asking you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And do it through my strength. So we can protect our family emotionally, you know, from our outbursts or bitterness, unsound decisions, all those things. And then we need to protect our, our home uh, spiritually. In Philippians 4, 6, it tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made known to God. So I, I need to cover my family in prayer. Most importantly, pray for the faith to believe God at his word and for the wisdom to be a good mom. I know everybody here wants to be a good mom. And I know everybody here has regrets. But God 
you know what? We can start again right now, right this minute. And Thursdays are a great reset, aren't they? And spiritually, we need to realize who is the enemy? My husband is not the enemy. My children are not the enemy. Oh, they just, you know, I've given up everything to this family. No, you haven't. God gave up his life for us. And our protection comes from the armor of God. And that's in Ephesians 6. I'm not going to go deep into anything, ladies. I'm giving you things to think about. Because um, I want these other ladies to get to share with you. But we put on the whole armor of God. Protection against the enemy. Psalm 143.8 says, Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. That's where we should start. I know some people say they're not a morning person. You don't have to have your main uh, uh, time in the morning, but you do need to check in with God in the morning. It's much better to um, check in with them in the morning and get your directions than to end the day and say, what did I do wrong? <laughs> right? So get his guidance, get his priorities, get your heart set first thing. So I just uh, was looking through my file. I keep files of all the lessons that we teach here and uh, my notes on different ones. And I came across one that Karen Carey, which many of you don't know, but she's a young mom. She's a teacher. So she's staying at home and working as a teacher right now. But um, she talked about the sights and sounds of the home. You know, our, our home is a reflection of who we are and what we've had. And my first thought was to ask you to close your eyes and think about your own home. But I thought that might be too close to home and I might end up a lot of tears. So <laughs> including my own. So I think what I'll do is let's just walk through what happens when you go into someone's house? What are you looking at? When I walk into someone's house, I start looking right, right at the very beginning. Like, what's the front door like? Is it welcoming? You know, is there is does it get used a lot, or is it like you have to kind of go through things to get it? Is a welcoming home? When I'm inside the home, one of the first things I do. This is, I, I guess, I'm not the only one that's a little warped because I look at their books on the shelves. You know, try to go there and see what they're reading, because then I can see what their belief system is and what they're thinking about and what's important to them. It's on that bookshelf. I might cast my eyes down at their table and see what magazines they're reading. You know, what's important to you? Maybe they like to travel. Maybe it's travel magazines. Maybe it's Christian magazines. Maybe it's kids' magazines. So there's kids' magazines. Just, just with my sight and without any other sense, what can I see just by seeing, just by looking? And, you know, think about what, when you get home today, think about what would someone see? Take a walk through your house. And what would they see? Would they see, uh, you know, try to, try to get out of yourself, your, your house from another perspective. Maybe you'll be able to see what their hobbies are. <clears throat> Maybe they have a craft room. What does she like to do? What's important to her? Are there things that are beautiful in the house? Are, is there pretty artwork? Maybe there's flowers in the front door. What things does, does that mom think are beautiful? Is there basic order in the home? Not that it's like we talked about, not like it's a, a magazine, but is there a basic sense of order? Or is there like dishes from three days ago? One day's okay. Three days is a little bit. And what about the family that I meet? Are they friendly to each other? What are their countenances like? 
what are they doing together? Or maybe they're not doing things together. Maybe they're all separated. Maybe the kids are in the room with their door shut. Maybe they have their phones in their hand or a TV in the room or their headphones in. Is it a family that works together? Is mom doing all the work and the kids are just like laying all over? Are they working together as a union? What if it's dinner time? Are they all setting the table together? Is mom training them to be part of the family and to be help or she be helpers? Or is she teaching them to be lazy? You can tell a lot just by looking, right? How about the sounds? What are the sounds in that? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Psalm 1914. Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God, and Redeemer. The words of my mouth. What's coming out of my mouth? Are they gentle and kind words? Are they instructive words? Are they training words? Loving words? Testimony words? Are they bitter? What's the tone of my words? What's the volume of my words? How about the music playing in the house? Is it uplifting? Ladies, there is some rank stuff out there. Let me tell you what. Um, if you have teenagers and if you just turn on the radio, you know there's a lot of junk out there on the air. Nasty stuff. That stuff does not go in without changing, speaking to, teaching in its own way. Is there laughter? People having fun? <laughs> It was always really important to my mother-in-law. She wanted to make each of her kids laugh every day. Just wanted to see them be happy, you know? Just look at them and smile, or they're silly family. They do all kinds of crazy things and make each other laugh. I had to learn that. We didn't have laughing in my family. I thought that was awesome. How about touch? Kind of put couch this with feeling because touch was a little bit hard unless i want to talk about like is your floor all greedy when you walk through does it crunch you know you slide off the toilet because it's so dirty i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i thought more of a feeling was a little more a little more to our topic um you know is it do i feel welcome people feel welcome when they walk in my home another kudos to my mother-in-law she's 93. So she's seen, you know, two, three generations now. And we think things have changed so much. You know, she's seen change. She was just in a tiz the other day because pictures she saw of her granddaughter, not mine, <laughs> not that I know of, just in teeny, teeny, tiny stream bikinis. That was it, you know, on a beach. Uh, they were on vacation. She was just so undone by that. Um, but you would never know that. When you come in her house, you will. It doesn't matter. When you come in her house as a guest, she welcomes you. You know, people don't care that what we think is right or wrong if they don't know that we care about it. She has a she has a charming way of making people feel welcome. I've never watched one time I've seen her be ugly to somebody, and it wasn't in her own home. I guess I need to thank her for these things. Um, so as far as touching feeling, is there is there you know, a little love language going on. You pet those kids when you walk by. If the boys are a little older, you know, punch them. You know. <laughs> I think that's awesome. That lets them know you love them. <laughs> hugs and kisses. You know? 
we talked about um, the boy crisis. Like, you know, do you give your family space for the boys to wrestle and for the guys to just do what they want? You know, with their kids, with their own kids to wrestle and have fun. I love that video, by the way, Laura. That kind of spoke that word. She said, "Yeah, oh, there you are. Yeah, just that that daddy playing with his kids. Didn't you yeah. love it? I just loved it." Is it a place that feels safe? Will I be accepted? How about smells? In 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 25, it talks about fragrance. We are to be the fragrance of Christ. Ladies, am I full of stinking thinking or am I in a wrong to Christ? My thoughts, if you think about, you know, that you, what if your thoughts really generated an odor? You know, oh, oh is right. <laughs> That's my oh. I have to echo that. I echo that. Yeah. That's it. Don't we love visuals? You know? <laughs> is it like incense or is it like rotten garbage? You know? That's a great way to spot check our attitude is to think about are these thoughts aromas to God? Everybody loves things that smell good, don't they? They call me the nose at home. I smell the least little bit of anything. And it's really unnerving when things bother you that way. But it's awesome when they smell great. There's nothing better than a great candle. Right? How about taste? Psalm 34, 18 is taste and see that the Lord is good. I was thinking, you know, what kind of taste do I leave in the mouth of others? Is it a bitter taste, sweet taste? In Proverbs, it talks about it's better to live on the rooftop uh, than in a house with a nagging woman. What taste am I leaving in people's mouths? Oh, don't want to go back there. I don't want. I don't want seconds. Thank you. I don't need more. What do I use that tongue for? Do I give people a good lashing? Do I encourage? Do I work to keep the taste of contentment on my tongue? Proverbs 31, 26 says, the words of kindness are on it. Those should taste pretty good. It's going to be a short clip here from 2 Corinthians 4. You know, when you have an old Bible, they almost turn the page you're looking for. <laughs> and when they're new, they stick together. So 16 through 18, this is what I want you to hear, ladies. Therefore, do not lose heart. I'm not here to, uh, to be anybody up about their family or their home. I'm giving, we're giving you things to hang on to, books to think about, ways to process. You know, I could just stand here and say, okay, go home and be a good home. It doesn't do much for us. We need to see pictures of it. We need to think about it, dwell on it, search for it, be diligent. Therefore, do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Even though our inward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. God's word does that for us. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's temporary, ladies. It's a season. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
caring for your home and the people in it. It's where you walk out your salvation. Not that you earn it there, but it's where you practice what you've learned. You practice what God has given you. You practice living in the new name. You practice forgiving and you practice loving and caring for. You know, I would never give anybody an excuse to be lazy. You know, if you, if you feel like your house is a mess and it's because you're lazy, God encourages you to get up. Get up, you have work to do. You have important things to do. You have children to take care of and a husband to serve and a community to love on. We are not to be lazy. We have a huge job as homemakers. But we, can, we get better all the time, don't we? We should. If we're living with the Lord, he should be peeling off those layers and we should be doing better and better all the time. There are things I know now I wish I had known my children. I think that's why we have the older women teach the younger women. But it's not a place just to have lip service. We don't want to blaspheme. We want to walk out there. Your husband homework. Am I, what, what would you like me to be doing that I'm not doing? And what do I do that you love that I do that I shouldn't quit? You know, what is his, I, what is his version of help me? How can we be his help me? So with that, ladies, now that we got it in context, we're going to start with Miss Linda Hernandez is going to come up. And Linda, come on up. She's going to share with us. We have three topics this morning. We have traditions, we have a monthly budget, and we have hospitality. So we're going to hit it all over the place. We have come up with lots of great ideas to, um, to get us through the season. Come on up, Dorothy. Linda, I don't think everybody really knows you. Why don't you start by telling us, you know, a little bit about yourself. Oh, a little bit about me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi. Hi, Zoom. <laughs> hi, everybody. Um, so I'm Linda Hernandez. Uh, i am been married 19 years now, together with my husband for 33 years. Uh, we have four kids, three boys, one girl, six grandbabies. Praise the Lord. They're wonderful. Um, I've been coming to Chris Town. The number seems to change in my mind all the time, but I think it's about 12 years or so. Um, and um, of course, anybody who comes here, who's been here, who's been able to listen to the messages, you know what a blessing this place is. And so I've been blessed for, I think, at least 12 years <laughs> to, to be able to hear these messages and be part of this ministry. Um, so today I get the opportunity to share with you um, some traditions. Uh, uh, they asked me to share kind of some things that, that we do with our family. And so traditions are just handing down a way of acting or believing. Uh, and in the New Testament, Paul is always uh, talking about handing out the gospel. It's always about handing like uh, making sure you're sharing the gospel. And when we came to know the Lord about 20 years ago, uh, my husband was very convicted that when it came to the holidays, that we were not doing that. We celebrated the holidays in a very, um, how he said it, we're celebrating in a pagan way, meaning in a very worldly way. Uh, so he was very co convicted and he said, we're not celebrating at all holidays. And um, that was very difficult for me. Um, but at the same time, I knew he was right. I knew that 
um, our focus was not on Christ. And it was a way of that he felt we needed to be purified of that. And um, so there's different ways to to show Christ, right? And and you touched on it just a, a little bit ago, how, you know, that's so perfect the way God works it all mm-hmm. out, right? So some of the things I have down is um, the way that we decorate our home can show Christ. Um, the background music, what's happening in the background, what are the conversations that we're having, the music that we're playing. Um, we can verbally share Christ um, in our behavior and the way that we're treating the people in our home. There are, are we welcoming? Are we loving? Are we showing them Christ by the way that we care for them? Um, so when we gave up uh, the way that we celebrated, um, it, I think we gave it up for about five years. And gradually I, I was like, well, how can we incorporate it? I don't want to just not celebrate. It's just, it's something to celebrate, right? Um, and so it happened very gradually. I asked him, like, can we decorate? And that's how it started. We, and, and so what I did was we had a staircase at the time and I put garland throughout the staircase and I put candy canes um, throughout the staircase and decorated some of the, the rest of the house with candy canes. And then I had the candy cane story up so that the kids could see it. I read it to the kids and other people as they came into our home could see it. Um, And then the next year I prayed and asked God, well, God, how can we celebrate your birth? And, you know, and it seemed like such a silly thing, honestly. Um, But I got this vision of praise going up to heaven. And I think of balloons when I think of birthdays. So it was just myself, our family, our, you know, me and my husband and our children, and we got balloons and we wrote, wrote praises on tags and we released uh, balloons. So my husband talked about the, you know, Christmas story and what, what we're celebrating, why we're celebrating it and we, that we should praise God. So we released these balloons while this simple thing turned into um a big thing where we started inviting my whole family and I am, uh, you know, this is a Mexican family. So this could be from 50 to 80 people uh, coming into the home. And um, so I would make the tamales and the menudo. And if anybody else wanted to bring something, they were welcome to do so. I set up a area for pictures where we had funny hats for Christmas, little decoration, like scarves, silly things. Um, and, uh, but then at two o'clock, so it was open house from 12 to whenever, but at two o'clock was balloons. And so we would gather all, however many were there at two o'clock and my husband would share the gospel with them, share the reason why we're celebrating. Um, and then the whole room had tags to write down praises and thanks to God. And we would all, I had a park, there was a park across the street and we would march all, however many of us, this whole gang of people across the street with all of our balloons and um, and we would release them. And it was just so beautiful to watch because we would eventually go off into our own little family groups and you could see each little family just like, oh, look, there's mine or there's mine. And just these tags of praise flying through the air, hundreds, it felt like. Um, and, and it was really beautiful. 
Um, but then things changed and my husband wanted to start celebrating Christmas with, with his family, which um, it was, would be too much financially. It would be too much time-wise to do both of these things. But at the same time, it was a blessing because then that's when we started having grandbabies. And then, so we were able to, to rein it in and be with just, you know, our family again to celebrate Christmas. And so I found this book at Sam's Club, I think is what it was. And um, it's just a simple explanation of the Christmas story. And what I would have the grandbabies do is I would put all the nativity scene in a box and I would have them pick out one of the nativity, like people from the nativity. And as I read the story, when it came to that person, they would be like, oh, there's Mary. Oh, me, Joseph, you know, just to make to make it interactive with them. Um, and now my oldest granddaughter is the one that started reading the story. So it's really precious. Um, and a couple years ago, it kind of we got it started with um, Thanksgiving. So we weren't no longer doing the balloons. But what I did was I still had them write their Thanksgiving um, on, on, on tags. And what I would do with that is I would make a chain garland out of that, that praise. And we would wrap that around our tree. So all the praises that we were giving God is wrapped around our tree. And, um, and then as soon as all the tree is decorated, I give each one of the kids their candy cane. And I would read them. I have the a, the story of kind of how the candy cane came to be, and just kind of like a small poem of the candy cane. This year, I just read the poem; it was short and sweet. Um, and so that they they know why we're celebrating, um, and and that's what it is: is that they that Christ is being represented and shown. Well, they know the reason that we're celebrating. If God gives you a simple idea, and I know for me, I think, well, that's silly, but maybe it's not so silly. Go ahead, try it, see how it goes for you, if it works for your family, you know, and don't be disheartened when the things you do change or have to change for whatever reason, because the reason you're doing it will never change. It stays the same. So long as you're still telling them the truth, showing them the truth, um, then you're good. First Corinthians 1031, which I thought was beautiful because I shared it this morning with Jackie or Jackie actually shared it with me this morning. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So however you guys celebrate it, do it for the glory of God. And I hope this encourages you to, uh, after to talk about ways that you guys celebrate. Maybe it'll spark ideas, you know, amongst the group too. So that was so cool. Thank you, Linda. Um, now we're gonna have Crystal come up. I'll have Crystal introduce yourself a little bit. Now, if we go over, don't panic. We'll just shorten our downtime because I want to get all three ladies. So here's Crystal. Hello, everybody. My name is Crystal Benson. Uh, I've been married for 17 years. And I have two teenagers. I have a 16 and a 15 year old. 
So I'm going to speak about budget. Uh, man, just like you, my, I'm going to talk about grocery shopping. I have nothing in my head. Well, I have meat, but everything else. But yes. Um, so a couple years, oh, it's been a long time. Uh, my husband and I went through a bankruptcy, uh, very young in age. Um, and then we went to a church who started Dave Ramsey. And we learned about budget. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, our biggest budget um, that we stick to is grocery shopping. My husband is super adamant about grocery shopping. Uh, he get, he gave a budget. And basically, uh, with when the kids were little, I would take them. And then we had one that was the calculator. We had one that was the picker. And then I was kind of the guidance slash mover. So I don't know if anyone knows, but a grocery store is basically all your fresh is all around and in the middle is all like boxes and yes. And even at Costco and at Sam's Club. So I've gotten pretty good at finding stores that works for our budget. And what I mean by budget is basically I make there well, in our home, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The kids take lunch. My husband takes lunch. And then I kind of go in between. <laughs> so um, with your budget, it's basically for my husband, it's a big thing. He's our finance keeper. And with that, it's if I go over it stresses my husband out. Um, if So I made it as a game. A lot of people will look and be like, what are you doing? And it's just like, oh, you know, this is what, and I share it. Because at first I felt a little awkward about calculating everything. Um, but then it was nice to be able to share it with people. And they're like, oh, that's, you know, and a lot of people are like, that's good. What's your budget? Uh, so I am going to tell you our budget was very little. There's a, we're a family of four. Um, at one point, our budget was $400 for the whole month. And I grocery shop for a whole month. And then now, of course, with things change and I'm like, I am not going to buy meat for two digits. Like, I, so I always like try to figure out uh, big meals are great, um, but calculating. So basically it's just rounding it up to the whole dollar. And then you'll be surprised to be, you'll go under your budget um, at times. Uh, you could go under your budget and that could be your security for when you need stuff. So I'm gonna walk you through the grocery store. So imagine this, you walk in, you get into your produce, um, you know, lettuce, you get the big bags, you clean it, you, you could, there's ways to keep it for at least three weeks. You know, um, even your fruit and vegetables, there's some bananas, great if you pick, uh, take them apart and then line them up on your counter without light shining, but it's not too dark. Um, so going through your, uh, 
produce, finding things like you're always going to usually these tomatoes, cucumbers, like find things that you're constantly using. Because um, nothing goes to it. The goal is for nothing to go to waste. Then you get into your breads. Um, I found Costco. Um, my family likes a certain bread. It's like Argyle bread or something like that. And at Costco, you get two loaves for the price of one at, at the grocery store. So I'll buy six, eight of them. And you could actually freeze bread. And it's great. So I freeze like breads, um, anything from loaves to um, hot dogs and hamburgers. And then I go to the meat department. And when in the meat department, okay, you always, it's also knowing your food chain, you know? So meat is, you're always gonna basically have fruits and vegetables and protein for your dinner. So I always buy the family the big bag um, of chicken breasts. The good thing about that, they're quick and easy to make. So if you're a busy family, or if you are just a husband and wife, that bag will last you a long time. Um, so taking out what you need on the days that you are cooking. So chicken, a uh, roast, roast uh, beef is good. You could do many types of roast. And a lot of times if you buy the bigger one and you have the butcher, you could have them cut it up into four or three different cuts for free. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and then um, I always do like a fish or a shrimp. Um, so finding like certain fishes now are individually wrapped. Frozen is okay. A lot of people think, oh, it has to be fresh, like healthy wise. And no, frozen, they literally put it in this autoclave to freeze it quick versus a, a short term or a longer process term of freezing. So also veggies, frozen veggies are equivalent is to fresh veggies. Um, so that's another thing. But anyway, so I do um, shrimp and I we use tilapia. So with the shrimp, I could sometimes use I get the big bag where then I turn around and I use only a certain amount. So I try to do four dinners per whatever meal of, of meat I'm using, of protein I'm using. Um, so just kind of going it that way. Then you get into your frozen section. Um, quick breakfasts. My kids like uh, and my husband likes uh, the biscuits. So I always get the biscuits and sometimes they're a little bit more. So I will get less, but something where the kids could start cooking. So we taught our kids to start helping us cook about third, fourth grade. And then there was a time where we broke it up where everyone had a day to make whatever dinner they want. So then you're teaching the kids and then um, you're kind of relieving your stress, but also teaching them when they get older. Um, so finding the breakfast eggs at um, at the time, I would have to buy the five dozen. So um, and that would last us for just the month. <laughs> um, and 
you know, we, we, I don't buy soda. So it is water, water, water. You get your milk and your orange juice and, um, and then of course coffee. Now everyone drinks coffee in my house. So we have to make sure we, so managing your budget to make sure, you know, those things get covered. And then my husband's a sweet guy. So I always find ice cream or in the summer, I buy like the big old bag of like the little polar pops um, cause they're cheap. And that could sometimes satisfy. Um, and then I go into the, the middle. And this is where I try to stay as much away from the middle um, as possible, just for at least my family's sake. But I do make sure, you know, like mac and cheese, like certain things that the kids are able to do. But when you go through the middle, you, I go to every single aisle. And so within that, it makes me really look and to be like, okay, do we really need this? Do how much do I have of this? With doing this whole process, I have then um, built a extras of everything. So now every month I didn't maybe have to buy meat or I didn't have to go in the middle as much. Then I could go more on the um produce side or more on things that everybody needed so yeah that's kind of how i go around the stores uh the one thing that again it's helped in many ways but the best nugget i could say is always ask your husband what he wants um and when you come home making sure your kids know that is dad's tree um, so yeah, that was great. Thank you. I'm inspired. <laughs> totally inspired. Thank you, Crystal. Um, next, I don't need to introduce. We have Dee Dee coming up. Everybody knows Dee Dee. Um, and uh, Dee Dee, come on up. Dee Dee's going to share on hospitality. We, uh, I guess I took too long in the beginning, but I think what we'll do is second hour. Uh, I'd encourage you guys to email, be ready to share second hour what you do in your home, and then we'll we'll write them down, then I'll send out an email for everybody, because the, really the goal of that is to share each with each other ideas that would help in your so, home. So do you I am going to talk a little bit today about um, strategies to be able to offer um, hospitality in your home. Um, and Jennifer touched on this, and by the way, great. Uh, great ideas and tips, and I appreciate everything so far. Um, I think it's important if you have a goal of offering hospitality, that your home just needs to be tidy enough that you're not discouraged from opening your home, but it doesn't have, don't strive for perfection that is going to also disable you from being able to have people in your home. You need to find kind of a sweet spot. Um, because I value inviting people in, I make deliberate choices about keeping things simple so that it isn't complicated if I want to have someone in. 
And some of that for me is minimizing clutter and cleaning so that there, it isn't that hard if someone says, hey, can I come by? Um, and I also wanna just say that offering hospitality doesn't necessarily mean you have to have people in your home. There are reasons that sometimes we can't open our home to others as much as we might have a desire to do so. Either our husband isn't comfortable with it, maybe we're, um, we have someone else living in our home and it's not really conducive to inviting um, outsiders in. And there are ways to offer hospitality outside of your home. One way is when we come here and we bring something to share and we love one another and we welcome people to our tables. Hospitality is really more about making people feel welcome than it ever is about entertaining. And so I just wanna say that on the outset because I think there have probably been times in my life where I wanted to do more than I could do. And so I don't want you, any of you to feel badly if you can't. Um, Okay, so hospitality versus entertainment. Um, hospitality seeks to welcome and entertainment seeks to impress. So we don't wanna have to impress anybody. The whole goal of opening our home to have people in is so that they feel loved, seen, heard, accepted. It's some of the things that Jennifer shared. And the main thing in opening your home is to um, make sure that your guests are comfortable um, giving help or guidance. And I love something that Jen Wilkins said. She said, hospitality burns the roles because it was listening to a story. And that's one of the great reasons why hospitality beats entertaining. So one of the things I wanted to share with you is um, how to make having guests less intimidating. Because it can be, it can be kind of intimidating, especially if it might maybe someone who's coming for the first time or it's um, your mother-in-law, that can strike fear into the heart of people because you're you know, thinking you might be being evaluated. Um, but if you involve your guests in the giving of hospitality, it can be a lot less intimidating. So rather than focusing solely on servicing guests, um, let them work alongside you. And this is great to implement when your kids are little or your grandkids are little or when you welcome a new daughter-in-law or son-in-law into your home to normalize working alongside you. And so, um, for example, um, I recently had a, um, the opportunity to have a house guest. And if you have, um, if any of you have siblings who come to visit from another place or in-laws that come, um, married uh, couples that might come and stay with you in your home. Um, if you know that they're coming and they're gonna stay for a few days, it's okay to say, is there a meal 
that you would like to bring, prepare, and clean up after to, you know, add into the family, um, you know, meal schedule. I know uh, Rhea does a lot of big family vacations, and that's one of the things that she does that makes gathering together uh, simpler is they assign meals. And each has a night where they prepare a meal and they're responsible for purchasing and preparing and cleaning. So that's, uh, it's okay to do that. I'm just giving you permission to say, oh, you want to come and stay for five days? Oh, that's awesome. What meal would you like to, you know, what meal would you like to do? Um, and also, uh, with my guest, my guest happened to be my brother, and we were going to have people over because he was visiting. Other people were coming to visit. And I just said really casually, would you just um, do me a favor, just kind of tidy up your area, the bathroom that you're using, because that's the guest bathroom. And he was more than happy to do it. You know, I didn't have to like, wait till he wasn't around and sneak in there. It's like... They're happy to do it. And I do have a son and daughter-in-law who do come with their with my grandson. And um, they use our two guest rooms. And I just say, you know, sweetly, <laughs> uh, everyone will be here at four. Could you just um, kind of tidy up? And she's wonderful. Um, Ashley, I don't even have to really say it now. But I had to kind of normalize that, right? Um, and if you have house guests who are, you know, maybe non-cookers um, or uh, they can do other things. You can ask them, hey, could you haul this trash out? Um, could Would you be willing to, um, I actually have a whole list, but uh, I'm just going <laughs> to. Um, but you have to be prepared to do that. So this um, this event that I my brother was here. So I invited nephews I hadn't seen for a while, my other brother, my kids. And um, my husband was running late um, from a task that he scheduled immediately before people were coming. And he was also bringing a few groceries home and he walked in late and they walked in right behind him about an hour early. And so I will confess that the first thing I said was, you're early, <laughs> which I'm really trying not to do. <laughs> um, but if, so if you ever come to my home and I do that, just, just love me anyway. <laughs> um, but Actually, I was able to ask my daughter-in-law, hey, could you prepare the coleslaw? Just just, just slice cabbage and pour ranch dressing in. She ended up making a real actual coleslaw with real actual dressing, which I didn't even know she knew how to do. So sometimes you open yourself up to real surprises by allowing other people to come in and do things. Um, if you know you're going to be gathering with a large group, Obviously, a potluck is awesome. And then everybody can just bring something and take their dishes with them. Plan for people to ask you, what can I do for help? When you, what, what can I do to help you? When you walk into someone's home, you're going to say that. You're going to say, what can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do? It's okay to have a list. 
It's okay to save things that can wait till the last minute. How are you at putting a cheese and cracker tray together? Go for it and don't judge. You know, <laughs> could you could you um, take the dishes that are in my sink and stick them in my dishwasher real quick? And don't judge. If they load it wrong, run it twice. <laughs> Who said, you know? Who said if they don't get clean the first time, you can't run it again, you know? Um, also, um, cutting vegetables. I had a, I used to do a cookie exchange years ago. Um, and I had a friend who always showed up early and always um, did my veggie tray. That was just one of the things that she loved to do. And I always left it for her. Um, also, um, let's see. Oh, I had a, my nephew. I gave him a, a window spray and paper towels and said, could you do the, this was the early, right? He was actually the guest, but in case, you know, I don't know, someone else showed up. Um, he sprayed down the patio table, you know, and, and another thing you can do with teens is they love to take pictures. So, of course, they'll be in all of them. <laughs> but, but make one of them the photographer. Have you ever had a gathering and you're like, I didn't take a single picture? Give it to a teen. They're great at it. Um, and... Um, let's see, they can warm rolls, they can fill the ice, they can set up your drink station, they can um, be your door answerer, answer the door and welcome people. Um, we have a little thing, we have a bingo game. We bought it for 20 bucks. It's one of these, you know, where the ball rolls out. And then I didn't just buy the cards that you put the tabs on i bought dabbers so they're paper bingos with you know the dabbers it's so fun we have that tucked in our front closet and if we have kids and sometimes adults and you know it looks like the kids need something to do we pull out the bingo game so my husband did this we had um we had all ages and we had 10 people around the table while a few others talked off to the side and they played bingo and we have a basket of prizes you know there's chamois for the husbands there's scrubbies for the and there's you know plastic dinosaurs for the little kids and so they will sit and play for an hour just dabbing those bingo games and calling out and getting prizes and so that's just something that we started to do and um so i'm just gonna give you a couple of other quick ideas for things you could assign to people when you are having a crowd they can set the table they can i already mentioned check the bathroom they can take a drink order or dessert orders. They can unload the dishwasher and reload it. And you know, I'm one of these that I don't want to clean when I have gas. I really do let the dishes pile up because I don't want to take time away from my gas. And that's an individual thing. I'm if it if they're scraped and soaking, I can load the dishwasher later. But if someone really wants to help, let them. Um, they can get coffee ready for later. Um, they can play with your dog. 
They can um, put leftovers in containers and they can um, get, go around and gather dishes that are accumulating around the house and just kind of organize and declutter um, either before or after. So just a few ideas. Um, and I wanna just say that um, I, I, I love, I love to have crowds and I used to stress a lot more than I do. I've really relaxed and I really try to find intentional things that people can do to help. Um, but one of the sweetest things was we had our neighbors. We haven't had our neighbors over yet. We will, but um, we're still kind of new in the neighborhood. But um, last Christmas, they brought us over a, like a bunk cake. And this is what they said when they gave it to us. We noticed that you like to have people at your house a lot. And so we thought you might use this. And they brought it for us. And I thought, what a testimony. Now I just need to get them in the house. <laughs> so anyhow, I hope you will just let your guard down a little and not be intimidated about offering, um, you know, just the love of Christ in your house.